Paul Graham and Sam Altman, they say the same things. Mm-hmm. You like money compounds, saving compounds, but people compound too. And you want to do something where you can compound. People don't understand learning compounds. The more yes. you learn, the more, the more powerful things that you can learn. Audience also compounds. And that's where, that's where this like, exp- like be vocal comes in because the more audience you have, the faster you gain more audience and people can't really see that it's an exponential curve people don't see that and so Mm -hmm. the like the more the more fans you have the faster you continue to get fans everyone welcome back to the intelligent conversations podcast today as you can tell it's going to be a little bit different format i'm trying something new here uh, today, I have the honor to learn from Edward Sturm. Edward is an entrepreneur, SEO, digital video, and image producer. Edward is the co-founder of the first play-to-earn game, which was named the top blockchain game in 2018 and 2019. He has done SEO consulting for Microsoft, Procter & Gamble, ADP, and Time. He's also created viral videos and images amassing to 300-plus million views over his lifetime. So... Uh, this is a great episode. I, Edward was fantastic. He helped me a lot. And I'm sure for those of you interested in entrepreneurship as well, will also benefit from this as well. So without further ado, let's welcome Edward Sturm to the show. So can I hear it? Can I hear your story? I know anything about you. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, I started this podcast. Yeah, two years ago. Uh, I was in high school and I decided I was like, I'm going to start like just this selling Christmas trees or whatever, like just these miniature ones that I would make. And uh, it did it did pretty well, like nothing crazy. But then I got invited onto a podcast and I'm like, yo, this this is it. Like I love like I just love this. So I started doing that. And then uh, podcasting doesn't exactly like I, I just like doing it. And I didn't really want to monetize, to be honest. <laughs> So distribution for podcasts is near to impossible. You got to have an existing brand yeah. or you need to be doing it for such a long time, years and years and years and years. Exactly. But there's no, there's no built in distribution like there is with TikTok. Exactly. And, you know, I'm like, all right, I, I got to make money. Right. And so I went and started a window cleaning business and that kind of funds this. And then I do that as well. But that's, yeah, that's pretty much all that's about sick. me. That's cool. And, yeah, How are you thanks. getting customers to the window cleaning business? Uh, I'm using it via, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Thumbtack, so that will help generate leads. And then just, I've kind of structured it where I want repeat business, like my retention's pretty high. And because that's, yeah, long long-term growth is better than, you know, just making a lot of money all at it's, once. It's way better. Brand equity. Oh, man, I wish I understood the value of brand equity sooner. Wait, so what is, what is Thumbtack? Uh, it's kind of, it's pretty much a lead generation service. So they do like is it, the SEO is it for a specific niche? Uh, yeah, it's like home services. Okay. So, uh, yeah, if you need like anything done with. So you don't really do the marketing yourself. You just have Thumbtack is, is it an agency or is it like a Fiverr, an Upwork? Uh, so pretty much, uh, what they do is they, like the customer will come on and they'll say, oh, I need like in Google search even too. So I use Google as well, but, uh, they'll type in window cleaning and then first result, you mean, like, you mean Google my business you use, you use that. Yeah, I use that. Yeah. And then I also use thumbtack. So, uh, thumbtack's really good with their SEO and they'll, uh, get you up there. So then you're not like doing all that from scratch and. Between this and doing like window cleaning, I just what does it mean? Thumbtack is good with their SEO. Uh, like it pops up uh, first on Google page, like when people type in window. Cleaning is Thumbtack a direct whatever home service, or is it like a services business? Uh, or is it a marketplace for service providers? It's a marketplace for service providers. So, okay, so there are good SEOs on there who do work for your brand. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I, I've, I had heard the name, but I had like, I have no idea what it is. I, I have no idea what it is. And I was trying to understand it. No, that's, yeah, that's pretty much 
that and yeah and and they have pretty good rates so okay. it's kind of like uh angie i don't know if you heard of that one no as well or uh or task rabbit yeah i know it's like kind rabbit. of yeah things that you need done yeah things you need done the podcast wait so the podcast takes a lot of your time a little bit uh i actually ship this off to edit the long form stuff and then i do the short form on my own but. okay so you take clips of the podcast and then you turn it into into videos short like under a minute videos for tiktok and ig reels mm-hmm. youtube shorts yeah okay dope. yeah so i do that and then yeah i ship it off to did you do you upload them all individually on each platform or do you have like a tool that makes it all come out at once or do you use different pieces of content for different platform? Yeah, I upload them individually. So uh, like for fa- like Facebook and Instagram, you can just use the meta uh, business suite. And then uh, for TikTok, I'll just schedule it via like the app yeah. uh, on my computer. Do you use the same the same short form for each for each platform? Like will the same video go out on TikTok and IG Reels and YouTube Shorts? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't have the tip. Yeah, you should check I, out. Um, I, I have like, my, you know, I've made a video, at least one video every day on TikTok since November 1st last year. I've made over 900 videos now, maybe up, to, maybe 900. And when I started, yeah, I'm like, crazy. it's really wild. I've learned so much. And and um, I'm growing now, like at such faster rates than it's it's just so insane. Like, it used to be where a good day I would grow. When I started, a good day would be like I grow, a, like a few a few people every day. I get a few followers every day, and then mm-hmm. it, it it goes in spurts too. It it comes in like it. You go in plateaus, and then you have steps, and you figure something out, and then you grow, and now your rate of of growth increases. And so now my rate of in growth, my like minimum rate of growth is like fifty people a day. And, and, but on average, maybe it's like a hundred or, or 110 people a day. And pretty soon it's probably going to be like 500 and then a thousand. And it's just, yeah. And I'm getting so much better at making content too. So much more engaging. But when I started, I needed a way to like, I, I felt like I was leaving so many views and followers and subscribers mm-hmm. on the table because I was having videos come out on TikTok, but but like they could be, I could be building a brand on Instagram and YouTube. And so there's a tool that's called reusevideo.com. I'm their biggest affiliate. That's actually not the name of the tool. I mean, that's, I bought a, I bought a domain and then I redirect the domain to my affiliate code. So I'm saying my, my affiliate, I'm saying my domains reusevideo.com, but I swear by this tool because I am one of their biggest power users. I'm their biggest affiliate. And what it does is whenever you upload something to TikTok or IG Reels, I'll give TikTok as an example. I upload all my videos to TikTok. They come out everywhere else without the TikTok watermark, all, like all hmm. simultaneously. So I put my video on TikTok. It comes out on IG Reels, YouTube Shorts, uh, Facebook, Facebook Reels, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn. It comes out all those places you can schedule it to. I think I, I didn't. I haven't put scheduling in, but on the podcast I recorded right before this, I was realizing why scheduling is important because it allows mm. people to build habits around your content, around your brand. So I'm thinking about scheduling my videos so that they come out like first thing in the morning. And I think I'll do that. Yeah. And it gives you more time too. <laughs> so, oh, oh my God. Yeah, uploading, just, uploading uh, takes time. <laughs> uploading is annoying. Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta copy the description. You gotta copy You gotta set the settings for each video. Like, come on. Like, and so you you make these automatic workflows that save your settings and and you customize different settings for different platforms and then it's it that's it it ru- it runs on its own and so it's just like i don't even have to think about it and i grow on each platform it's crazy it's such a hack like people don't understand it and it doesn't take a lot of time to make a tiktok video either and so i make like one tiktok video and then it's a video for everywhere and then i grow everywhere like it's it's insane I'm so grateful for that tool. I, like, uh, there was a point where I would have stopped if I didn't have that tool. That's how that's how useful it is. Hmm. Yeah, that tool and and um, I would also recommend Descript if you're not using it already. Okay. Yeah, I've I've looked into like yeah Descript. Descript is crazy. It's, it's actually my videos started doing so much better when I started using Descript. I want hmm. I talk about them so much. I praise them so much. I like I don't know if they have an affiliate program. I wish they did because. I, I like, I plug them so much cause they're so good. 
editing with a transcript is so much better than editing with a timeline. So uh, like, oh my God. I mean, I went to film school and I, I, I grew up editing with a timeline. Editing with a transcript hmm. is so much better. Also, Descript has all these AI features. It has like a one-click button that it's called Enable Studio Sound. And it it just it takes all the background noise out. It makes your voice sound deep and and beautiful and so pleasant to listen to. And even if you're recording on like crappy headphones, it still sounds good. It's so it, it like and then if you're recording on on a good mic, like I have a decent mic that I'm recording on, it sounds like pretty good. And yeah, it's amazing. Amazing, amazing. I could rant about all these tools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, I hear you. So I'll just give you like brief overview of what kind of I have in store for us. But I mean, this is your episode. It's my show. So I mean, if you want to include that parts, I can let the guy that does the long form stuff know. The reason I started, the, the reason I started, I would include all of this and I'll tell you why. The reason I started my, uh, my podcast is I realized I was, do you listen to my first million? Uh, uh-uh. I haven't listened to that one. Okay. Um, so it's a, one of the top business pod podcasts. And one of the hosts said that good content is just energy transference. And the person who's speaking is in a good zone and is sharing that with the people listening or watching. And that's what the best content is. It's, it's like people listen, people, people are listening to podcasts for information, but also to feel like, especially business podcasts for information, but also to feel a certain way. They want to listen and feel excited and, and, and while they're learning something. And that's what I gave at the beginning of this, of, of this podcast is me sharing tools and, and listening to you talk as well. And, and, than being really excited about it. And so people will listen and they're going to, they're going to learn some new things. And then they're also going to feel good because I feel good. And that's like, it's just energy transference. So I would, if I were you, I'm not telling you how to run your show, but I mm -hmm. would, my recommendation, like the reason I have my podcast is because I understand this phenomenon. It's, it's good content is energy transference. The, the best creators in the world are built off of giving good energy, giving good vibes to the people who watch them or listen to them. Gotcha. No, I thank you. I like I said, there's three reasons I do the show. Number one, I like to keep the audience in mind. Then number two, I hope you have a great experience. And then three, the selfish reason is I get to learn from guys like you and just awesome stuff. And yeah, that I guess that's what I get to do there. And you know, if this blows up, then maybe I get some fame or whatever. But how did how did uh, you find from, me? Uh, I think you reached out to me on Podmatch or whatever. Did I? Maybe, maybe I did. And you did I, that, I, yeah, I, yeah. And you did that pickup line or whatever. It's what like, did I say? Do you game? No, I said, hey, I said, you, no, you game. Like, you game. Like, it's like, are you game for, for, oh. uh, <laughs> for a show? No. Are you game for a show? Oh. Yeah. Like, are you, like, you down? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. 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 But I, <laughs> yeah, I actually stopped. I love Podmatch, but I stopped using it now because, most people, my, my show just gets enough listeners that, I, and, and I have my TikTok, so I feel like I don't need to plug myself on other shows anymore. And that was like right before I, I, I kind of like got off it. Yeah, I, I went on a spree and I just, I said, hey, you game? And I messaged that to like everybody. There you go. No, it worked. I thought it was hilarious. It's an amazing line for getting, for getting shows. It's so, I, I used to, yo, I used oh, to I write these like long, oh, I listened to your show. I think I would be a good fit because of this and that. And then I'm just like, I'm just like, F this. And I, I just started messaging, hey, you game to everybody. And I, I got on all these shows. And then after getting on like so many more shows and I was already like, when I started on a pod match, I was going on like, I don't know, 10 podcasts a month. It was great. If you want to go on, on pod, podcast, pod, pod match is great. Now I have my own pod match, so like I'm cool. But I yeah, but I sent these long messages and hey you game is so much I I, I, I want to use this with like cold emails to people. I think it's just send them <laughs> Yeah, I got to try that with like some like really top people. It's so easy to get like a billionaire's email address. Uh, like one time I <laughs> one time I sent a video message to the trainer for on WhatsApp to the trainer for Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. I was able to find his phone number. And then if, if, this is a trick. If you can you use a tool, it's called Lucia.com. It's a Chrome extension. 
then you see, you use it with LinkedIn and it shows people's emails and phone numbers. And then you get their phone number and then you put that phone number into, into your contacts and you open it on WhatsApp because people get less messages on WhatsApp. And the, mess the messages are usually more personal. And then to be like super extra, I sent a video message. I sent a video message and it was to, I wanted to pitch a guy something. And it was to, it was to the author of the book Relentless, which is a very well-known business book. I love that book. And mm. Michael Jordan's trainer and Kobe Bryant's trainer, a legendary guy in basketball. Yeah, I actually just started a, because I've been really into the Lex Friedman show recently. And he interviewed uh, Walter Isaacson, who wrote like the uh, biographies of, Leonardo da Vinci and uh, Steve Jobs and uh, Albert Einstein. He just came out with the one for Elon Musk. I started the one with Steve Jobs and that one. It's so fascinating. I like. I just fell in love with that. I'm like, everyone's got to read this book if they want to just make something uh, great. It's one of the best biographies ever written. You think so? I think so. Walter. First of all, Walter Isaacson is incredible. But yeah, the Steve Jobs bio, though the one of, with him on the cover in black and white, the yeah. thick Bible biography of Steve Jobs, that was one of the first like real biographies that I read. I mean, I guess now that I'm more well read, I haven't reread it, but I loved it. I was so energized. I learned so much. It was such an epic. I don't cry, but if I could, I would have cried at the end of the book. Oh shoot! Don't spoil it. I'm, I haven't finished it yet. So I, what do you mean? Don't spoil I'm, it. Everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Everyone knows the ending. Yeah. But it's yeah. He truly yeah. He gave. It, it's just interesting to see like kind of the details we don't focus on, and then it's or like or aren't even aware of, and it's like oh that makes so much more sense why he was yeah. that way, yeah, and why like people that said he worked for him they're like. uh just for my, like, how I viewed it to begin with, from what I heard, people said, oh, working with Steve Jobs, it sucked. He was a jerk. Like, he was just pain in the butt. But starting to read that, I'm like, honestly, it makes a lot more sense. And I see why people stayed, too. Because it's like, why would, like, if he's just like that the whole time, why would you stay? It's like, energy, no, he, energy transference. He was passionate. But I will say, um, what's, what's his name? Steve Wozniak went on... Uh, the three Steves. I made a video about this and people were making these jokes. Uh, so Steve Wozniak went on Steve O's podcast to talk crap <laughs> about Steve Jobs, the three Steves. Yeah. And yeah, Wo so Wozniak, he goes on, he goes on Steve O's podcast and he's like, yeah, Steve Jobs, one of the worst people ever working for him was a nightmare. Like, uh, like he, he's remembered so fondly in death, but he shouldn't be because he was such a bad person. And I think Wozniak was either like a bit high or a bit drunk. And so he just really went on this rant about how much he doesn't like or didn't like Steve Jobs. And still uh, uh, over a decade after the guy has passed away, still doesn't like him. Pretty crazy. That is crazy to think about. Yeah. That. It's wild. To, it's wild to watch it. It's a short clip. You could probably just search Steve. You could probably search Steve Wozniak, Steve-O talking about Steve Jobs. Yeah. I think I've seen that clip on, you know, the socials of him pretty much ripping into Steve Jobs saying, yeah, I yeah. Hate, hate working for him. He was, a <laughs> yeah. he was not fun. But I think that right there is like, it wasn't fun working for him. But I think just looking back and saying, okay, we actually built this. Like that, that, that's where they can't really diss on him. It's like, he helped us like push us to that point. For sure. And, and it's the same with Michael Jordan, right? Where he, I watched the, oh my gosh, the name, the last dance. Right. And a lot of these players, right. That were playing with him said, uh, that he's just complete like jerk. Like he, he's the worst. <laughs> and but then all the players, every single one of them said, every time when we got to that championship and we held up that trophy, it's like, you know what? I got, I got to thank him. It was worth it. Yeah. Some people me. said the same thing about, <laughs> about jobs. They, a lot of people said the same thing about jobs. I think, you know, Wozniak especially is probably more entitled. He like Wozniak was going to be successful regardless, but also mm -hmm. like he, ex he experienced, he was one of the first people to experience success because he was a co-founder. And so he might have been like he might have been like more entitled 
Um, but yeah, regarding Jordan, I've I've also everyone knows Jordan was not a like uh, there there's this story of this like famous musician. I wish I could remember who the musician was. It might have even been Kanye or something. Someone really, or maybe it was J Cole. God. So so the but the musician sees sees Jordan, and 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 the, I think the musician like a kid, and has the opportunity to like just dab it with Jordan, and Jordan won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, just, he, he uh, wouldn't do it yeah he just wouldn't do it i i actually i don't know if people told this story but i went to a camp because so i was really into basketball when i was younger and I, I i still love it and i went to this basketball camp actually and the trainer that was with he he helped train a quiet and that was the year the spurs had won the championship it's like a lot of people wanted to you know train with this guy and, uh, and it was, it was just a camp. There's a, quite a, quite a few kids there because this trainer helped train Kawhi Leonard and he actually had played when he, in, during the nineties and he realized, uh, so, and, and people started asking him cause he did like this Q and a session and like, well, who'd you play for during the nineties? He's like, Oh, I played like, I was a bench warmer on the bulls. <laughs> like I didn't play much, but there was this time where, uh, Michael Jordan, he he starts sharing the story with Michael, uh, like about Michael Jordan, how competitive he was, and he talked about. So there, there was a player, B.J. Armstrong. He's the point guard. He had he was pretty good at ping pong. Uh, most athletes usually are good at, uh, like they're somewhat good at another sport as well, and he, so he's pretty good at ping pong. And he's like, hey, Michael Jordan, like, kind of trying to get back at him from all those days at practice. Like, let's play, let's play some ping pong. And he beat him. He beat Michael Jordan. So, you know, Michael Jordan, he was very respectful. He said, he's like, okay, good job. You won. And, you know, they had bet some money on it. So they gave him some money. Uh, what Michael Jordan ended up doing, though, is he went home. And n none of the other teammates knew this. He went home. He was so ticked that he lost that he sold his grand piano and bought a ping pong table. And then he hired a professional, uh, uh, like the guy that had won the Olympics that year in ping pong to train him <laughs> and then for six months after basketball practice he would learn how to play ping pong and then <laughs> and then six months later he invites all the teammates and apparently it was pretty rare for like him to invite all the teammates to his home so you know they're like oh what what's up and then the first thing he does is they see this ping pong table set up in the front room where the grand piano used to be and then he walks in he's like all right bj let's go and and they went and he just absolutely wrecked him. But that's when everyone knew he's like, oh my gosh, this guy does not want to lose. But you know, yeah, just kind of interesting story. Savage, there. savage. I, I love, I actually love that. I think I have the same, I, I love Els. That's, I wanted to talk about that on this show. By the way, I want to, I want to plug Descript one more time and tell you how amazing, do you, I, I, cause I, I have a question just as like a fellow podcaster. Do you have to pay to use Riverside? Uh, yeah, it's just an annual thing. So okay, yeah, because because when you use Descript, it also it comes with they acquired Squadcast, which is like a competitor to Riverside. So that comes that comes free with Descript. It's just I, I was I was curious as a yeah fellow, no fellow yeah guy. you can maybe but I love I love Els because they motivate me they motivate me a lot and um, yeah. I, I had a video that I spent four hours on yesterday which is like four x the time that maybe even more that I usually spend on a video and. I, I put it out yes I put it out yesterday and it did really bad. And that motivates me so much. Mm -hmm. Like I actually really like I, without L's, when things get get too good, I get so much worse. I need the L's to slap me in the face and insult me mm -hmm. to to make me do my best work. Exactly. It pushes yeah, it pushes you to do great work. And I mean, again, since we're on the Steve Jobs topic. Uh, I mean, that's what he said. He's like, you don't want to get to the end of your life and say, oh, yeah, I kind of did some mediocre work. I think most people want to get to the end of end of their life and say, no, I did some great work. Yeah. And so that, that that's a question I, I kind of want to ask you. And that's uh, how, how do we kind of, I guess, kind of pursue that great work? But like, I mean, we can use those guys as role models, but I think we need to actually kind of form our own identity out of it as well. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that's actually um, 
Do you know who, uh, I, I don't know how involved with, with tech you are, but uh, um, what's his name? Paul Graham, the founder of Y Combinator, this uh, oh, yeah. b- billionaire Very tech legend. Stuff. Yeah, he writes these essays and he literally just wrote an essay maybe like a month and a half ago. It's called How to Do Great Work. Yeah, it's literally called, how, there's, there's, like, there's your answer. It's from Paul Graham himself, the guy who, who created the accelerator that brought out Airbnb and Reddit and so many amazing startups that that Sam Altman, the the CEO and co-founder of OpenAI, was president of for years. This this guy created Sam Altman, and uh, yes, yeah, so he wrote this essay, "How to Do Great Work." And one of the things that he talks about is he he says like, and this is something that I talk about on my podcasts and my videos, and it was only something that I realized in the last year was just pick something that you can do solo. Solo is easier because when you have co-founders, you have to depend on other people. So it's riskier. But if you re- like, if you really trust somebody, okay. But like a lot of people will let you down, especially if you're like one of the m- most hardworking people, you know, it's really risky. But l- let's just say like, let's say you're a solo founder, you're a solopreneur. So how to do great work, pick something you genuinely like, do it every day and then talk about it. And the, the, the way to do great work is, is to do it every day because you just get better. You, you get better at doing it. And the reason you talk about it is because that creates top of mind awareness around whatever it is that you're doing. Top of mind awareness, people don't really understand that concept. It's the most, one of the most powerful concepts in business and marketing. And it's you want people to, when they think of your niche, you want them to think of you. When you think of fast food, you think of McDonald's. When you think of shoes, yeah. you think of Nike. It used to be when you thought of podcasts, you thought of Joe Rogan, which is why Joe Rogan had his podcasts acquired by Spotify for 200 plus million dollars. Which is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> and that's and it's because of top of mind awareness. And uh, the people who people who just build in stealth mode in the dark for years, that's the biggest that's the dumbest thing you can do. Doing something every day but not having people know about it is the worst thing because like you need to build a you need to build a community you need to create top of mind awareness so what you do by by doing something you love and doing it every day and talking about about it is you build an audience and people know you for that thing and then you become really simultaneously you become really good at whatever that thing is and that's how you do great work in my in my opinion so I, I want to just kind of counter this because I, I find myself guilty of this too. And sometimes I'll have this idea. I'm like, okay, maybe I can build this or maybe I, maybe I can't. And then I just kind of say it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this and this and this. And I kind of lay out this plan and then it doesn't work at all. Like it just completely flops. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, I talk about this all the time. No, no. Ask your question. Ask your question. I'm sorry. So I guess how do you kind of, I guess either pivot from that or like adjust or how do you deal with that? Here's what, here's what I'll say. There's this critical error that most young people make. And I'm saying this as somebody who made it myself. And the error is that most people actually, there's a post at the top of the entrepreneur subreddit about this. And so it's the post is called the long cut. And most people try to, they spend so much time, and effort looking for shortcuts. And they would have been so much better off if they just stuck with one thing and did the long cut because the long cut is a true shortcut. If you go at something for a long time and you hit it from different angles and yeah, you can pivot, but that's, that's building up brand equity and brand equity is like such a powerful, powerful thing. It's building up people around whatever it is that you're doing and you're still getting better. You can still switch. You can switch. You can switch into a niche. You can switch into a different product, but you still have that equity around the brand. You still have users that you can go to. You still have email list subscribers. You still have followers on LinkedIn and Twitter and you can, you can switch to that. But most people, they start brand new companies and like most people abandon things that otherwise would have been lucrative if they had just stuck with it for a few more years. And then instead what they do is they waste those years looking for the shortcuts, looking for the immediate hits and those, and and those things fail. 
and they're left with nothing. But if they had just stuck with that first thing, then they then they would have made it. And it's like, oh, my God, it's the most. That's why it's like um, even doing something on the side. I just really believe that if you do something for long enough and you talk about it, you got to talk about it. You need to create, you need to open up opportunity by, by talking about it all the time. But if you do it long enough, you will unlock wild opportunities. And I, I wish I understood that sooner, but I, I really understood that this year and that's what I'm doing. And I'm growing pretty fast now. I can't believe how fast I'm growing. I have more people reaching out to me every day then then I can respond to. I can't respond to everybody anymore. That's that was the reason why I stopped why I stopped going on other people's like at, or me like messaging people to go on their shows. It's just because now I have more opportunity than than I can use. And it, I was it, even Paul Graham writes that in his essay. Paul Graham and Sam Altman they say the same thing. Mm-hmm. You like money compounds, saving compounds, but people compound too. And you want to do something where you can compound. People don't understand learning compounds. The more you learn, the more, the more powerful things that you can learn. Audience also compounds. And that's where, that's where this like, like be vocal comes in because the more audience you have, the faster you gain more audience and people can't really see that it's an exponential curve. People don't see that. And so the, mm-hmm. like the more, the more fans you have, the faster you continue to get fans. So anyway, my answer to you is my answer to you is it, it didn't fail. You just gave you, the only way, way that you fail is when you give up and your thing didn't fail. You just didn't go at it long enough. If you had to, if you went on it, like I, how long ago did you start that? Uh, it was about, so like, I, I guess here's just kind of the idea here. Uh, I had, so I found these like uh, window cleaning robots uh, that someone had made. And I'm like, Oh, I bet I could probably sell these. I mean, I was a window doing window cleaning myself and it's like, all right, I think this would be a good idea. And, you know, I test them out and they worked all right. I'm like, if we could just get enough of these, uh, it would be more cost effective. It's just, it like, just, yeah, it, it'll just work that way. But then, yeah, uh, I ran into some like technical errors. It's like, there's a cord attached to it, so people would be tripping over cords, or uh, so the battery life wasn't long enough. And that actually, I mean, kind of to play on your thing. And now that I kind of realized this, it kind of forced me into this mindset of okay, maybe you should just adjust it yourself. Like, uh, put in a battery maybe that can help it run longer, so then you don't need it, it constantly connected to a power source or whatever it may be. So, yeah, that's just. And I've been doing it for, yeah, two years. I, I guess I came across that idea around after a year. So, wait. So you gave up, or you didn't give up? I just kind of pushed it aside. That that I guess that's the thing too. Is I get distracted easily too. So, I'll, yeah, I'll get obsessed with starting idea. starting companies is fun. Sticking with them because people don't understand like there's always going to be a trough there's usually going to be a trough of sorrow. There's usually going to be a dip in a dip in in engagement at the beginning and most people can't make it past that. And you got to understand that it like you, if you you will make it past that. Mm-hmm. And then like it, and you just year over year you'll get pretty big. And uh yeah. And then, and then what it is, then what it comes down to is it just like, eventually you'll get to a point where you're making a decent amount and then it just comes down to being a good operator. Can you, can you delegate, can, can you develop good inbound strategies? So you're not like just relying completely on ads, ad spend, or if you are relying on ad spend, like how much margin can you get? It'll come down to like, yeah, operating and executing. But like so many people just struggle to get to that point in the first place. And the reason that they struggle to get to that point is because they give up too fast. They try a million different things and they waste all their time and their energy and they burn themselves out. And then they get to a point where they're old and they're sad and they have anxious. And then they realize it in old age, oh my God, all these things had potential. And they look at other people who did the things that they were trying to do. They realize, oh, actually a lot of them don't even realize it. A lot of them 
a lot of them won't won't blame themselves. But anyway, it's like it's pretty simple. Life is actually pretty simple. I think success is pretty simple. I think it's like really simple. It's just do something every day, get better at it, tell people about it nonstop. And that's it. That's success. That's it. And then and then you got to figure out how to operate. And that's a whole new set of challenges. But like yeah. getting to like you know whatever the what's the amount of money that people say you need for like it used to be like make seventy thousand dollars a year and that's like baseline that's enough to have baseline happiness that's no longer the case maybe it's like maybe it's one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year i still think it's pretty easy to get to that and and then if you will look if you want to get to millions a year or you want to get to billions a year, then it's then you got to be a, a good operator and a good executor and a good good at delegating. But getting to that baseline level of income so that you could have the baseline happiness, that's that's pretty easy. And people just give up; they're not willing to do something for two years. Here's here's how you do it: you do it for two years, and then you're yeah. then you're there. And then you then if you want to then if you really want to grow, yeah, you got to learn to execute. You got to talk to people who are smart. You really got to got to be like going out of your way to learn from other people and surrounding yourselves by the by the best people but at the beginning it's just stick with something and be vocal i like that now that that kind of gives me some reassurance that maybe cuz i right there is that anxiety especially you're in a great niche you're like you're in a, such a good niche man like um do you know the the genre of videos called oddly satisfying uh uh-uh. uh no oh wait so, isn't that the one where they like pretty much just video themselves doing work. No, well, sometimes, but oddly satisfying. It's just things that are like hypnotic to, to watch on TikTok or YouTube shorts or Instagram reels. It could be 3D animations that that loop that are just hypnotic. It could be like someone rolling a this is one that's that's really popular right now. Someone will roll a glass filled with colorful beads downstairs until the glass breaks. And it, there's some there's usually some element of ASMR involved. Power washing, actually. Power washing is oddly satisfying. People love watching yeah. power washing videos. And I think window cleaning, I actually know that that is oddly satisfying as well. You can check out check out this. Um, you're on TikTok, right? Yes. So check out this channel. It's called Interesting Truth. Interesting Truth. And their most popular video has 73 million views it's making i think that channel is making 2.7 million dollars a year based off of ad revenue and affiliate commissions and that's that's my estimate it's but 212 million views a month and then its most popular video has 73 million views and what it does for retention is it, it just well it gives interesting facts then it gives like it gives commands to make you engage with the videos that are disguised as facts. Like, did you know that TikTok knows who has a crush on you? Tap on share, then WhatsApp, to, and and the second person is that person who has a crush on you. And so it'll like yeah. it'll do like these clever little tricks to get you to engage with the video. But it, it's an AI voice narrating interesting facts, and in the background are oddly satisfying videos. And one of those videos is somebody cleaning a window, and and hmm. th- that's a very that is a very like. You know what's what else is cool is is like um, I'm listening to this to my first million. I talked about this one of the top business podcasts, and they have on a uh, a guy who was like a pickup instructor. Pickup is one of the worst things to monetize. You can you can get to that 140 thousand very easily with pickup, very 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 easily. But to get big, it's hard, and the bigger you get, the more risk you bring to yourself with cancel culture. The thing, the thing that a lot of a lot of like the most famous coaches don't understand is that they get very loyal followings that they should be using to launch other businesses, and instead they they stay in this like lane of just like I'm going to trade my time for coaching, uh, and that's where the mistake that's where the mistake is. And so the the guest on this ep- episode of My First Million, he was one of these coaches, but he started all these other businesses in the health and wellness space. And that translated very well to, to men who were also like trying to learn success with women who are trying to become better at social dynamics. Those people also want to better themselves in health and wellness, whether it's meditation or eating clean 
or or doing all sorts of things that would make them healthier. And so this guy, he had some somewhat. His name is um, I think it's called More Plates, More Dates. I think that's, that's oh, what I've it, seen that. I have seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he so he opened all these businesses in health and wellness, and the guy's crushing, making millions and millions and millions of dollars every month, very big. And he didn't stay within that lane of of like just dating coaching. He opened all these other businesses. And so, like for you, why is this relevant to you? Well, like I don't know how. Like how much can you make? I guess you could open. You could like franchise a window cleaning business and build a brand around it. But what you could, what you could do is there are, I'm sure that the people who are interested, who like watching like window cleaning videos, there's probably something that they have in common and, and you, you can figure out what that is. So this channel, interesting truth, it makes these interesting fact videos and it sells it sells things for to the people who like consuming this content the most. So it's selling like it, at first it was it was selling um, a no nicotine vape, uh, uh, like yeah, no nicotine vape, yeah. like cut your habits, cut your bad habits with this vape. And now it's selling like green moss because it's like the super <laughs> health product. And I'm sure that there's I'm sure that there's something similar that you could do. But yeah, you're like window cleaning is. People love watching that. Man, maybe you could even do a. Sh I wonder if you could even do a show around it, and build and uh, build a personal brand. I, I don't know. There's probably some crazy things that you could do around window. Oh, cleaning. I'm sure. I'm sure I could. That that's for sure. And if you wanted to, but I don't know what you want to do. I don't know what you're passionate about. That's, <laughs> at the end well, of the day, though. The, at the end of the day, like yeah. like like success is just pick something and just stick with it for years. And usually, like the the TAM, the total addressable market, is a lot bigger than than people realize. But they they think too small in terms of what the the total addressable market could be. They think it's just X when really it's w x y z like it, it but they think it's just x and usually the tam is a lot bigger no i i i agree with that and yeah i i love that because i mean to answer the one question i for sure uh i'm still trying to figure out and it, it's also like you have to have that vision for yourself as well like okay what where, where do you see yourself do you see yourself doing this 40 years no, not really. You don't need to do it for 40 years. You need to do it for 10 years. And then you'll be, have enough to like retire comfortably and provide for your kids. Like $100 million outcomes come from doing something for 10 years and being vocal about it at the same time. It's just it, most people like that's it's, it's that's it. It's so simple. It, it, like people don't, especially when you're young, you don't understand you you don't understand like how audience especially compounds audience especially because when you stick with something when you become known as like that person in that niche you you are you become the niche and niches are a lot bigger than people think and and yeah then you can use that to launch other businesses and do all sorts of other things and and it allows you to expand into other niches i mean that's how uh that as well. That as well. And because and because you have money, you can automate and now you know how to run businesses. You can delegate too. That's like that's the execution side. You can you can delegate people to manage the businesses in those other niches. Because you've done it in this niche and you know you can you can say, Okay, this is like how we're gonna figure this niche out. Yeah, no, I yeah, that that for sure. And I mean that's how Facebook was like what it was originally just meant for college students to connect, but then all of a sudden oh, yeah. it's like Oh wait, this is a lot bigger than yep. I think we, exactly. we even understand. And that's how people people who are interested in in software that's how they should do it. We're actually so I I, I figured out I think it's a fundraising hack. If you want to, this is a way I, I figured this out totally by accident. And I, I became friends with this guy. He works he worked in private equity, and uh, he got laid off. And he's like, all right, now I want to, he's like, what, what should I do to make money? Uh, and he said, okay, I'm going to just help my, my founder friends fundraise for their businesses. And he, he called me, he's like, do you have a business that I can help you fundraise for? And I, I said to him, I'm like, instead, like, 
do you, you know, a lot of investors, right? He's like, I like, that's all of the people that I know. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, how about instead of like fundraising for me and, and you getting, and you getting, um, like a cut under the table or whatever, the way that you want to structure it, how about we actually just do a business together because you're interested in the parts of business that I'm not interested in. Like I'm interested in marketing, but I don't really want to do operations. This guy is interested in finance and operations and in fundraising. I don't like fundraising. I like, I want to, I want to spend my time yeah. building, like I want to spend my time like marketing and yeah. And, and, and so, and I have, and I have builders. I have so many developer friends more than I know what to do with. I have so many developer friends who want to do startups with me. And I, I wanted to, I actually wanted to fundraise. I was considering fundraising through my audience for a new kind of startup. One that is not based on a specific idea for a specific niche, but is more based in a process. I believe that if you follow a similar process, you will be successful every time. And that process is doing lean MVPs, then launching quickly, and then learning what people like and what they don't like, and how they are using your product, building out certain inbound funnels with search engine optimization, now with TikTok as well, and then people, you're building up your authority in this in this domain. You're finding out how people are using your product and building it towards that and making it better. And you're staying lean. You don't have a lot of developers. You don't have a big team. You're outsourcing everything. And all of my like I, I, all of my best people are outsourced and and running something like that. And so and that is the process. That's a process. You and so I said, what if instead of like doing I and I believe that if you if you follow that process, you will always be successful. I think anything can be successful if you pro follow that process, you will always be successful. And so I said I said, dude, why don't you go and fundraise for this process and not for a specific idea? I think it's so cool. I think it could work. I was going to try that myself with my own audience. And so now he's off fundraising. And the hack is and the, so the hack that I discovered is a lot of people, when they want to fundraise, I, I think trying to fundraise, unless you have warm connections or a lot of traction and people are, are just like hitting you up, fundraising is stupid. Fundraising cold is dumb. And so you, you're better off actually building and getting traction so that investors hit you up. But there's, but there's a hack. And that hack is, is there's a way to get those warm connections. That is become friends with a finance person who has those warm connections and then ask that you, a lot of people want to do their own startups. Startups are still so cool and sexy. And then invite that person to be a co-founder, to take care of the work that you don't want to do, which could be operations and, and then to do fundraising as well with their connections. And that was a hack that I discovered accidentally. This guy was a friend. I didn't, I didn't befriend him because I, I'd be able to fundraise with him. But I realize now that if I, if, I act, if I had a startup that I wanted to fundraise for, what I would do, I'm in New York City, is I would just go to a ton of finance events and, and not, try, not try to sell anything. I would just become close friends with finance people. And then eventually I would, I would screen them. And then the people who I thought were right, I would say, let's do a startup together. And, and that's, that's what I would do. And I think you'd have a pretty good shot of fundraising a, a pretty solid seed round. A several million dollar seed round. I, I agree. And I mean, you mentioned you kind of dropped a Y Combinator. Uh, I actually took like their startup school or whatever, the free stuff. Yeah. And yeah, when they were talking about co-founders, it's like, look, you have a certain skill set. Like, don't try and develop a skill set that's not your own. Like, just develop your own. But then find a co-founder that kind of meets that other end of the skill set and and then you both have to be willing to stick with it long enough, kind of looping back to what you said. That's right? that's if you're yeah, well that's if you're that's if you're doing something where you need another person for. Like the reason that I like content businesses so much is you can do a content business even if you're not a developer. And anyone can get good at making content. It just requires this it's the same as getting good at playing a sport. So um, the, but startups are like riskier because there's more people involved. Usually unless, unless you're the marketer and the developer, 
yeah. And then I guess if maybe you get fund you get funding right away, and then you can hire developers, and that's fine too. And you're the marketer, but then you need to do operations, and it's still tough. I think this yeah. is a real yeah. Like in my case, I have a I don't know I have a specific a, a specific case, which is that I have plenty of developer friends. I'm one of the best marketers that I know, but I I don't like I don't like selling. I don't like fundraising. And I don't like operations like finance and, and structuring a company. I've done it. I'd, I prefer to spend my time building, doing marketing. And having someone who likes doing that, that's a crazy hack. And, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, startups, startups, doing a, a project with other people is very risky. You're right. You need to, you, oh, the other aspect of this process that like we're, we're selling on the process where we're trying to fundraise for a process and not an idea. The other aspect is you try to make MRR monthly recurring revenue right away. And then you try to, you monetize right away. And hopefully by the time you do your next round, you're not doing your next round because you have to, because you need the money. You, you are in full control because your business is already making so much money and you can do that by following this process. Okay. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a slightly different, it's a version of like the lean startup method, but with more that, but it's more based in finding go to market very early, which like, I think a, another reason that so many startups fail is because they, they like, uh, I mean, just a lot of startups, they exist in stealth mode and they don't, try to find go to market until it's too late and then it's harder than they thought. And then it becomes demoralizing and then they quit. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, like they spent all this time working on something that perhaps is a great, uh, invention, innovation, whatever it may be. But then all of a sudden when they have to actually go out and generate revenue for it, or there, like a lot that, of people are so much better off just starting with, uh, with getting the customers. That's, that's like, like any, if you have the customers, if you have the market, it's, it, you can build whatever and, and building something is usually not the problem. It's usually not the problem. Like building is like, unless you're trying to build something really crazy, like unless you're, you know, making a spaceship to Mars <laughs> or, or, or like, like that's like, that's, that's a problem. Unless you're building something that re really requires a ton of capital and expertise, usually that's not the case. That is usually not the case. It's getting the customers. That's the case. And so many founders, they don't start with trying to get the customers. And uh, building is because building is fun. Building, like, building and launching like that, that's really fun. And grinding to, to figure, out mark, figure out your go-to-market, that can be hard. And demoralizing, but once you have that figured out, then you can build and be really successful. I agree. I'm getting like I'm getting like this is this has been a good. How how is this show? Is this a good show? Oh, this is great. No, I love it. And great. I was, yeah. I mean, kind of like I mentioned earlier, it's I, I've I've definitely learned a lot, and I'm sure for anyone listening also is learning a lot if they are interested in starting a business or uh, and. and yeah, I love the expertise that you bring to this and all that. So I, I do wonder, though, like the hard part is, is actually coming up with the idea, I would say, that's actually solves a problem. Like sometimes I get these big ideas and then I'll start uh, like, OK, let's do this and this and this and this and this. And then it becomes bigger. And then it's like, OK, what what problem am I solving? And I kind of fall into that trap. <laughs> what type of business are you looking to start? Is Are you trying to build a piece of software? Are you trying to do a content-based business? Well, I would say I'm honestly just in the stage right now where I'm just experimenting with a lot of things, just trying to figure out what it is I actually like to begin with. So if that makes sense. How is, how is the window cleaning business doing? It's doing pretty good. If yeah. I were you, if I were you, I would stick with that. I would stick with that for the next 10 years. And you will, if you stick with that for the next 10 years, you'll branch out into a bunch of different things. The, the, the main business will grow. It'll give you revenue to, to do R and D with. And if you stick with that for the next 10 years, I will guarantee you, I mean, what's what, what amount of money do you want? Like, yeah. Tell me what amount of money, like personal, personal, like personal net worth, like, what do you want? 
and and something liquid net worth liquid net worth like what do you what do you want in 10 years what do you want in 10 years well honestly i don't know how to describe it but it's 100 100 m 100 m 100 m sure i mean honestly as long as the basic needs are taken care of that's all i i just like the satisfaction of building something from nothing to something and i want to make it as big as possible so that's that's where i'm more concerned with how how long ago did you start this business? Uh, two years ago. And it, so. is it paying for your basic needs or no? Uh, no. <laughs> is it getting is it getting is it getting close? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would imagine next summer for for sure. Okay. So it, it sounds like you're just you just have to put up with the pain yeah. of of the the insecurity and the hard work and a little bit of unknown though I actually think it's a lot more known than you realize this is like here's here's the um here's the other reason why sticking with something makes such a huge difference usually when you stick with a business you do all these different things to market it and you spend all this time and sometimes those things they they have a latent effect Maybe you needed to make 20 podcasts or, or, or 50 podcasts before you had a good enough library for people to go and binge on. Maybe you needed to be consistent so that people build a habit around your brand. Maybe the SEO funnel took six more months to kick in than you expected. So some things can have a latent effect. But what's happening in that time is that you're trying all these other things. So you're doing all this marketing and then eventually things just start picking up. And the problem with abandoning businesses is because people will do all these marketing, all this marketing for a product, and then they'll abandon the business. That marketing will have picked up, but they'll already be working on something else. And the weight of inertia is very hard. Now they don't want to switch and go back to the other thing. And it's just like, it's so, it's really so simple. And I think window cleaning, it's a local business. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, whatever it's local, it can expand like so many ways that, that a window building, a window cleaning business could, I mean, look at like 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I'm not sure if that's a billion dollar company, but I think the founder is worth like 100M. And 1-800-GOT-JUNK, the, the founder of that podcast, or that podcast, the founder of the business went on the My First Million podcast to talk about how insanely wealthy he is. And like that was one of the, he started that business just going around with a trunk, with a, with a truck and getting people's junk. That's cool. That's cool. And dude, I'm, yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm fading. I'm fading a little bit. I don't know if you can oh, tell. No. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Yeah. We can wrap this up. If, uh, if people want to find you, like reach out to you, cause I mean, you brought a lot of energy here and I'm sure you'll bring that to them as well. What's the yeah. best way that they can like follow you on social, all that fun stuff. My, my podcast is the Edward show. You could search the Edward show, Edward Sturm, anywhere that you get your podcasts on TikTok, I am build in public. If you just search build in public, I come up number one on Instagram. I love Instagram Edward builds. And then on Twitter, I'm show progress, show progress on Twitter. Cause I'm always showing progress I'm building in public. I'm showing progress. I'm building. Yeah. And then my podcast is the Edward show. It's cool. Well, yeah, I'm for sure checking, like, I, I listened to a few, and I, yeah, I'm going to be sure to stay tuned as well. And, yeah, thank, thank you for coming on, Edward. I, I learned a lot, and, I mean. Where, where are you based? I'm sure. Uh, I'm in Utah, so. Okay. Well, if you're in yeah. New York City anytime soon, if you're in New York City anytime soon, hit me up. Oh, I, for sure. I'm sure I'll actually be there <laughs> here and there, so. Yeah. Dope. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Edward. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Uh, I know it was a bit all over the place, but I appreciate you tuning in and listening to us. Uh, if you're on Spotify, there is a thing uh, on the bottom with a question asking if you like this format. If you like this format, uh, please let me know. Uh, I would appreciate the feedback. Is I want to make sure you guys get the best content you can. I kind of like this format. It was uh, fun. But as you can tell with this episode... Uh, Edward Sturm, he's a very intelligent person, has great things to share. I challenge you guys, if you want to reach out to him, to...
do that. I, I think he would be happy to talk with you and help you out, whatever problems it may be. Uh, he gave the information there for you guys to reach out to him and follow him on the socials. So stay tuned till next week. We have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week, and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.